right, well, all of that being said, those are all really great choices. Um, and I would eat any of those, actually, except for Almond Joy. Those are disgusting. But every other chocolate bar, uh, dude, dude, Almond Joys, they're just, coconut is just, I don't know, man. Yeah, how many people like pineapple on pizza? Just by a show of hands. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, I think I've <laughs> I think I've talked about this before, but have you guys have any of you guys um had a pineapple on pepperoni pizza? Don't knock it until you try it cuz it's really really good. Um I would recommend that you get it sometime. Um, even if it's from like Little Caesars or something like that, I think it's it's still worth it. All right. Well, hey, just like um, Brittany said, uh, if it's your first time here um, or it's your hundred millionth time here, I just want to say welcome. Uh, on behalf of our, our youth leader team, we are so thrilled that you would choose to uh, spend about an hour and a half with us on a Wednesday night. There's a lot of things that you can uh, be doing um, because we are not in lockdown anymore. And uh, we are able to do some things, which is fantastic. And so uh, I'm really, really thankful that you would join us. Uh, my name is Taylor, if we have never met yet. And I'm excited that you're joining us, like I said. Um, okay, so a few things before we get started. Um, if you have a, a smartphone with you, um, even if you don't, have, if you have a smartphone and you and you um, don't have it with you, this still applies to you. Um, if you have a phone with you, and if you have the YouVersion Bible app, I want you to get out the YouVersion Bible app. And you ask yourself, Taylor, why do you want me to get the YouVersion Bible app out? Well, let me tell you here in just a second. If you don't have the YouVersion Bible app, um, and you have a smartphone, I would encourage you to go to the App Store, type in Bible, and it will be like the first uh, app that's there. It has like a billion downloads or something like that. So you get onto the YouVersion Bible app, and there's a lot of wonderful things that you can do on the Bible app. One of those being um, you can read the Bible wherever you are. Um, you can be, uh, I don't know, waiting in line for to buy a whatchamacallit. Or maybe you're walking around the store and with your mom grocery shopping if you don't do grocery pickup. And you're like, ah, I'm tired of browsing TikTok and Instagram. So I'm going to, so you open your Bible. I don't know what circumstances people actually do this. But I'm just giving you a hypothetical situation. Um, you can open up uh, the YouVersion Bible app. You can do Bible reading plans that range from like three days to 365 days um, in the series of Can I Ask That that we've been doing over the past month. In every single sermon, um, we have had a YouVersion Bible, app, uh, Bible reading plan that pertains to that specific topic. Um, tonight is no different. We have a YouVersion Bible plan that we would love for you to jump into. So if you open the YouVersion Bible app, you go to the bottom right-hand corner. It says more. A little menu will pop up. If you click on events, it will use your location to see the different events that are going on. If you don't have your location enabled, just search Bethel Church. And Bethel Youth will pop up. If you click on that, in bottom right-hand corner, hit Save Events. That way, if you if you want to, to look at these notes at a different time, um, you can access those notes under your Saved Notes category. And the reason I'm telling you all of this, and I'm taking a minute to tell you this, is um, this is an incredible um, tool, a very, very helpful tool to help you 
engage with God's word to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. Um, and it just kind of centralizes a lot of things. Um, for Wednesdays, all of our sermon notes will be up on the YouVersion Bible app um, with links to our podcast. If you ever miss a Wednesday night and you want to catch the sermon, you can um, go to podcast or Google Podcasts and... Um, and find our pod podcast there. Um, any links to uh, resources or articles pertaining to the text or the topic that we are talking about, those are also linked um, on the YouVersion Bible app. And um, another great thing is uh, when you hear something, there's like one level of, of retention. Oh, you see that? Yes. Thanks. Um, there's one level of retention when you see something that's another level of retention. And then when you physically write something down or use your thumbs to type something out, it's a whole um, another level of, of retention of information. And if you can hear something, see something, and write something down, the, the chances of you remembering those, even bits and pieces, are dramatically higher. And so it's, it's, a, it's a practical tool to help you retain information about about who God is and about the Bible. And so all of that to say you need to download the YouVersion Bible app and there's a lot of really great stuff in there. Um, if you've been with us the last few weeks, you might know that we are in a series titled, Can I Ask That? And this is a series where you um, are submitting questions um, via Instagram, Bethel Church YTH, or you writing questions on, on the back uh, paper in the back wall. And um, these are questions that you have asked, the questions that are on your mind, they're, they're pressing, you're wondering, um, what does the church think about these different things? What does, um, what does my my church, like uh, you asking this, like what does my church, what does Bethel Youth believe about these different things? What does scripture have to say? How do I view this topic or question from uh, the framework of the Bible? And so the goal of these sermons in this series is not a end-all be-all. Our hope is that you leave each one of these gatherings um, as like a launching point to this topic that we're addressing. And we, we hope that this maybe brings up other questions that you may have. Uh, maybe it answers some, or maybe some or you're, you're still questioning, and that's, that's okay. We hope that um, through conversation with one another and with leaders, with people that you trust, and, um, and, and research on your own, that we can come to a deeper understanding of, of what Jesus says about things and what the Bible says. And so um, the question that we, oh, one more thing. Um, you may have noticed that we haven't addressed any questions um, regarding LGBTQ um, sexuality or uh, gender questions yet. So maybe you were a person that submitted a question um, in, in that different or among those different topics, um, we will be addressing those questions uh, most likely um, in mid-October. So here in a few weeks, we'll be addressing um, those questions. Um, I just wanted you to know that we got your questions. We will respond to those questions. And um, we love that you would be honest and open um, with those questions regarding those topics. And so the question that we're going to respond to tonight is, can a suicidal person go to heaven? So I'm not sure if, if you are, are in the room that asked that question, but um, one, of the, one of the things about um, trying to interpret questions that are asked is finding out, like, what is this person truly asking? And this was just literally how it was written down on the paper. So the framework that we're going to respond to this question is, 
is um, if a Christian commits suicide, um, will that Christian go to heaven? So um, that's, that's kind of the, the launching point, the place that we're going to start from. And I want to say to whoever asked this question or to any person that um, has ever asked this question, thank you. Thank you for your honesty. And please know that, that we um, collectively as Bethel youth, as well as our youth leaders, we love you. And the people around you, you need to hear this, the people around you love you. And I also wanted to say um, that we lament and we, we grieve the impact of the last 18 months and what the last 18 months have had, the impact that it's had on young people. There's been so much stuff that has seemed to have been taken away, given back, taken away again, sometimes given back, sometimes taken away again. And maybe you felt like over the past year and a half that it's just been this like tug-of-war match. It's like you're, you're here and then you're there, you're here and then you're there. The mental and emotional impact of this past year and a half quite possibly has taken a huge hit on your mental and emotional health. The disruptions to your routine for a long time not being at school and then when you were at school it was on like a, a weird switcheroo schedule where the whole school wasn't there at the same time. You were doing some things online, some things in person, not seeing your friends as much. But then also seeing the, the, the stress and tension in the lives of your parents or your guardians. Sometimes when we, when we see the stress that, that people in our homes are going through, um, that can affect us as well. These are all things that can contribute to ways of coping with pain that aren't healthy. Because when you feel alone, sometimes excessive video games, texting, self-harm, eating disorders, social media, thoughts of suicide, YouTube and porn can all feel like ways of dealing with and coping with the feelings and the emotions that you're experiencing. And I want to say that simply because you're addicted to or struggling with any of those things or anything that wasn't on that list or any things I didn't mention does not disqualify you from being in close proximity to the person and the redemption and the work of Jesus. And you are in, not to like, I mean, you already know this, but you are in some of the most formative years of your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you are in the most formative years uh, of your life. So the things that you are doing, the ways that you are coping with life, the ways that you are coping with stress, the ways that you are coping with the hard things in life, you are literally creating pathways in your brain. You are literally creating coping mechanisms. So when you hit stress, your brain says, oh, I experienced stress, so this is how I'm going to cope with it. And some of us are doing that in healthy ways. Most of us are not doing that in healthy ways. Our team of leaders wants you to know that we care about you, we love you, and we're here for you, no matter what you're feeling or no matter what you're experiencing. We want you to know that we're here for you because um, we know that sometimes there can be a stigma surrounding the specific topic of suicide. There are, there are times in people's lives when they think about life without them, what it would be like if, if they weren't around. And those thoughts can be spurred on by stress. They can be spurred on by depression. They can be spurred on by anxiety. They can be spurred on by, by different social pressures. 
the feelings of and the thoughts of suicide in and of themselves do not, I just want you to get this, um, the thoughts and the feelings of suicide in and of themselves do not make you crazy. They, they, they do not make you weird. They do not make you an outcast. They do not uh, they, like, disqualify you from any of this. It's a normal thing for these thoughts to enter your mind on a, an occasion, especially depending on your circumstances, especially among teenagers, especially among young people. And when those thoughts become more frequent, pressing, and stronger is when it is extremely important to talk with your parents, youth leaders, or someone else that you trust about what you are experiencing. So I want you to ask yourself a question. Go through the people that you trust in your life and think about who is someone that, I can, that can listen as you share your thoughts and meet you with compassion and a listening ear. Who is that person in your, in your life? It's even more important to share those thoughts with someone who might even be a little bit shocked um, than, than not talk about it at all. When you don't talk about it, it festers, those feelings grow and become rooted deeper and deeper in your mind. So talk with these people, share with them, and ask, maybe ask your, your or tell them something like this. Like, this is what crossed my mind, this is what I was feeling, and this is what I'm struggling with. These are some really simple things that you can start with as you're trying to process what's going on in your mind and in your heart. This is what crossed my mind, this is what I was feeling, and this is what I'm struggling with. And this is not, these, these statements are not just associated to the topic of suicide or suicidal thoughts or self-harm. This applies to so many different areas in life. I just really felt like, um, this is kind of an abnormal way for me to start a sermon, but I actually felt like this is what we need to do um, as we um, start this sermon and this teaching and as I respond to this question. Um, and at the end, um, I'm gonna give an opportunity um, for you to, to pray with the youth leader, but I also want to give you an opportunity to pray with the people that you're sitting around or some friends that maybe are in this room. Because one of the purposes of the, the gathered church is, is laid out in Galatians 6, and it, it's, it's meant to, to bear one another's burdens. Galatians 6, 1 through 2, it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So the image that Paul, the Apostle Paul is painting is a person carrying a heavy load when they are caught in sin. So carrying each other's burdens is describing the community of believers. That's what is meant by brothers and sisters. Coming alongside of the brothers and sisters in Christ and helping shoulder the load that they feel. So as Christians, we must have our eyes, um, we must have eyes to see the people who are struggling and help shoulder the burden through your presence and through your prayers. And Paul also gives a warning that in your shouldering of burdens and in your being present with people, don't become tempted to think of yourself as better than the person that you're helping. Because sometimes we can, um, we can be super helpful, but in our minds we're just like, man, why are you struggling so much? Like, why am I so strong and why are you so weak? But what Paul is saying is don't be tempted to, to think of that person that way or think of yourself that way. 
So when you help shoulder the burden, Paul says you fulfill the law of Christ. So what is the law of Christ? Mark 12, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So Jesus is saying that the law of, of him, if he was to summarize all of what it means to follow Jesus, it is to follow God with everything that you have and to love your neighbor as yourself. So with all that being said, let's read our text. Let's dive into the question of can a suicidal person go to heaven? So to help me read this text is one of our youth leaders, Ben. So if you would stand with us, we are going to read Psalms 43, 1 through 5, as well as Romans 8, 38 through 39. Psalms 43, 1 through 5. Vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. <clears throat> Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are my God. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Next one, too. Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I want to say right off the bat, as we jump into this, um, to maybe help, I don't know, bring some relief is, I want to say, um, if a Christian was to die by suicide, they are not condemned to hell for that choice. I just want to say that right off the bat, and we're just going to unpack that. Um, suicide is never directly mentioned in the Bible as a, like, thou shalt not do this, or thou shalt not um, sort of thing. There are, the Bible does record um, people who um, did um, die by suicide. Judas Iscariot, after betraying Jesus to be killed. Uh, the Jewish king in the Old Testament um, named Saul, and then a few others. I believe there's about six accounts um, in the, all of Scripture. And then others in the Bible have contemplated and thought of suicide as ending the misery, sorrow, or frustration that they were experiencing, knowing that being with God was far better. The Apostle Paul Philippians 1 and 2 Corinthians 1. Um, the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings 18. Moses in Numbers 11. The prophet Jonah in Jonah chapter 4. And maybe to you, you look at this list and you're just like, yeah, these people mean nothing. <laughs> Which, that is totally fine. What these people represent are what you could call like heroes of the faith. 
The Apostle Paul, he wrote most of um, what we know as the New Testament, these letters to these new church plants in Asia Minor and in the Middle East. The prophet Elijah was an incredible prophet who was trying to, to lead the nation of Israel, appointed by God um, to lead the nation of Israel back to God in their reverence of him. Moses, he was the one who, I mean, did so much for the nation of Israel. He was, he was the person that, that delivered them from slavery by God's hand. Um, he was with them as he was leading them through the wilderness, leading them to the land that God would promise to them. So these weren't just like, I don't know, Joe Schmoes. These were people who were deeply faithful to God. And if you read these different texts, you will see the agony that's in their voices. You will be able to see that they are like truly contemplating, like, like Elijah was saying, God, would you just take my life now? Because my life isn't worth living right now. Crazy thing about Elijah is um, God made him go to sleep. And then in the middle of him sleeping, God sent an angel to Elijah, woke him up, gave him a jar of water and, a, and some bread. And he ate and drank and he went back to sleep. And then he woke up and he was like a new man. So I just want to say, sometimes in the stress and in the frustrations of life, we just need to go to bed before 2 a.m. and eat a well-balanced meal. Okay? I think sleep and proper nutrition, to be like seriously, to be honest with you, does a lot for our physical and our emotional and in turn our mental health. The passage we read in Psalm 43 um, are the cries of a person. This person was near to the heart of God. He was faithful to God, but he was experiencing deep agony and asking God to send him his light and his care. And you may resonate with the author of Psalm 43. You may have asked the same questions. Why have you rejected me? Why must I grieve and be oppressed by enemies? Why am I so disturbed, anxious, or depressed? Why am I so downcast? And the writer of this psalm says to praise God because he is, quote, my joy and my delight. The writer of Psalm 43 recognizes that God is where our hope comes from because God is their savior. The writer of, of Psalm, Lamentations, Ecclesiastes, the Apostle Paul, they never discount the, the feelings an individual is experiencing. And I think sometimes when we're feeling like a weight of stress, these maybe a wave of suicidal thoughts or, or anxiety or depression maybe comes across our mind, sometimes we can suppress those things and say, you know, no, I'm not feeling those things. I'm not experiencing those things. People like me don't experience those things. But I just want to tell you that it's okay. It's okay to, to feel those things. Your emotions and your feelings are valid. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. This was the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. It says, We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many." 
So Paul was reminding these Christians in the city of Corinth that the pressures that he experienced, even near-death persecution that were far out of his control, was not too much for the power of God to deliver. Even in the midst of sorrow and pain, the Christian can know that they have eternal life because of what Jesus said in John chapter 3. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him, whoever submits their life to him, whoever asks for the forgiveness of their sins shall not perish but have eternal life. The Christian can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are part of the family of God because of their profession of faith in Jesus' work on the cross. Suicide is not what determines a person's salvation. It is their profession of faith and their repentance of their sin. And a question that's worth asking, just plain and simple, so like, is, is suicide a sin? And it's a really big question. It would lead us on many different topics. It would lead us to ask a bunch of different questions. But in short, suicide could be viewed as self-murder. Exodus uh, chapter 20, 13 is where God is, is giving, the, um, giving Moses the Ten Commandments. And one of those commandments is do not murder. Do not take a life that is not yours to take. God is the giver of life and has the authority to give and to take life. And I want to read this quote to you. It's pretty long, but I was trying to, to summarize this quote, and I, I couldn't summarize it in a way that portrayed it accurately, so I'm just going to read this whole entire thing. You guys ready? Awesome. Uh, the vast majority of people will agree with us that suicide is a sin. The debate begins, though, with the question of whether suicide is forgivable. Typically, a suicide-related question will be along the lines of, for God to forgive us, we have to repent from our sin and confess our sins to God. If someone commits suicide, he or she has no opportunity to repent or confess. Therefore, suicide is not a forgivable sin. Anyone who commits suicide is sent straight to hell. There's one primary problem with this line of thought. It does not recognize that God died for all of our sins. When God purchased us with the blood of Christ, all of our sins were paid for. If a person who has truly received Jesus as, sa as Savior, thereby demonstrating that he or she has been redeemed, reconciled, forgiven, justified, etc. by God, commits suicide, the sin of suicide was covered by the blood of Christ. Now, we can question whether a true Christian could commit suicide, but if a true Christian were to commit suicide, it would be forgiven. Verses that connect confession with forgiveness, such as John, 1 John 1, 9, are referring to relational forgiveness between a believer and God, not the judicial forgiveness that was perfectly accomplished by the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. No suicide, no, suicide is not an unforgivable sin. Suicide is not greater than the price Jesus paid with his atoning sacrifice. So I hope that you find some hope in this. Knowing that you're not crazy, you're not outside the arms of God if you do have these thoughts or if you've maybe even um, acted upon these thoughts. With everything that I've said leading up to this, if you have persistent thoughts of suicide or self-harm, the most important thing that you can do is tell someone. You cannot do this alone. And I can't stress, stress this enough. You cannot do this alone and you are loved by the people around you. Just like you would go to the doctor because of a broken, uh, broken arm or a disease or an illness to get help, it's okay to get help with mental issues. 
or thoughts that are, that are um, uh, entering your mind. And one person put it this way, prayer is great, reading your Bible is great, family is great, but if you need to, call a hotline, speak to a pastor or a youth leader, get a counselor, and talk to somebody about that. It's incredibly important to talk to somebody. Like I said in the beginning of the sermon, I want us to take a few moments and I want us to pray together. And I know that this might uh, seem uncomfortable. It could be extremely uncomfortable thing to do. But if you're willing to step out of what's uh, uncomfortable or step out of what's comfortable for a moment, this can be a life-giving experience to know the people around you are for you. So after I pray, I want you to do like one of two things. So what's going to happen is we're going to have um, uh, Kyan and Jaden, they're going to put on some like instrumental music. And then what's going to happen is we're just going to take like between three and five minutes. We're going to have some, our youth leaders just kind of are along kind of the back and the sides of the room. And what I want us to do is if you feel comfortable, I would love for you to go to your small group leader or to a leader that you um, feel comfortable with and you trust. And I want you just to share um, something that they can be praying with you about. Because if you remember at the beginning, when we talked about Galatians 6, one of the things about the church, one of the reasons that we exist as the church is to bear one another's burdens. And for you to know and for us to know that we're not alone as we live life. Um... And if you, if you want to, I would also encourage you to bring a friend with you to that youth leader. You do not have to come alone. You could come with one friend, two friends, three friends. It doesn't matter. Um, we would love for to pray with you guys. Or what I want you to do is I want you to formulate groups of like two or three. Um, and I want you, if you feel comfortable, I want, to, I want to give you an opportunity to share something with that person that you want prayer for. And I'm not saying that, like, the whole purpose of this is not to just, like, bear all of the things that are, you know, weighing on your mind and you're just, like, share the deepest and darkest thing about your life. That's not what this is for. If you want to share that, that's totally fine. But we want to just give you an opportunity to talk about the things that you're experiencing, to talk about the things that's weighing on your mind. And so if you decide to um, join a, a group of people, I would encourage you, do not use this time to just screw around. That's not what this is for. This isn't a time to just talk to the people that are around you, laugh and joke around. This is a serious moment that we want to take. And I want you in that group to maybe share something that the group can be praying with you about. And if you feel comfortable, maybe go around the circle and pray for um, the person that maybe is on your left or is on your right. And I want to also tell you that prayer is nothing complicated. Prayer is literally like Brittany said, it's talking to God. It's letting God know about the things that are on your heart, the things that are weighing on your mind, the things that are stressing you out. And what you're doing is you're inviting the God of the universe into your life. You're inviting him to speak to and to work in the life, in, into your life. And so um, it doesn't have to be uh, elegant. It doesn't have to be crazy. It can be so incredibly simple. God sees your heart, and he knows what's in your heart. And so I want to pray, and I want to um, give us opportunity. So youth leaders, if you want to, as I'm praying, maybe stand up, um, head to the sides of the room. And as when I say amen, we're going to cue up some, um, some calm music, and we want to invite you um, to talk to a youth leader or um, get into groups of like two or three um, and pray amongst yourselves. So Jesus, we thank you so much. We thank you so much that your death on the cross paid for our sins, and that we have the opportunity 
to receive forgiveness if we simply confess that you are Lord, that you are King, and that we repent of our sins and we ask for your forgiveness. So I pray for every young person that's in this room, if they have a desire to surrender their life to you for the first time, they feel maybe this, this tug on their heart, this, this pull to, 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 to repent and to, um, to come to you. I pray that they would do that in this moment. That they would simply cry out to you and say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I surrender my sin to you. Would you forgive me? And Jesus, I pray that over the next few moments, um, I pray that as we uh, just talk to one another, as we pray with one another, pray that there would be this just this sense of, of community. That the, that the people around those circles and talking to those youth leaders, that they would know that this person is for them, that this person loves them, that this person doesn't judge them, does not heaping shame or guilt on them. And that they know that these people are there for them no matter what. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So let's take the next few moments. You guys can cue up that music. If you want to, you can come talk to um, a youth leader. They want to pray for you. Or you can get in groups of like two or three and um, pray with one another. <laughs>